the Old Testament of our Bible is sometimes daunting. Scan the pages of the good book and you will hear of genocide, violence, polygamy, and other hard-to-handle issues. Some might think the God of the Old Testament was different than our caring and compassionate Jesus. They are wrong. Our God is the God of the Old and the New Testament, whether we always understand it or not. So why read the Old Testament? It tells us where we've been, it tells us where we're going. We see the beauty of God's love, and it swells with prophecies about Jesus. We love the Old Testament because Jesus loves it. Join us as we continue our ongoing series, Origins, Studying the Bible Jesus Read. Thank you, Miss Dorothy. Uh, Good to be with you guys here this morning. Uh, those of you who have not texted me that you are sick. Once again, I uh, just remind people, hand sanitizer available everywhere, all around. Just get that up in you. Uh, today's message is entitled OMG. Uh, I think you'll figure out pretty quickly why it's entitled that. And uh, it's a challenge for me to learn how to preach again in some ways when I have a text that's about one sentence long. And uh, I, I've always been taught to like break down uh, a big passage, and I'm learning how to use additional pieces of scripture to break it down. And so um, we always say, like, who should interpret scripture for you? Not me. Scripture should interpret scripture for you. Otherwise, it's just some guy telling you what he thinks. So uh, today, um, we're going to be talking about God's name. Um, what's in a name? Well, uh, when it comes to my kids, there's a lot of history in their names, and biblical names carried a lot of weight. Like, um, my daughter was named Faith because my wife was pregnant when we felt like God was calling us to go to Kansas, and we felt like it was a leap of faith for us to go and leave our families even while we're pregnant. Um, and I say we're pregnant because I guess, I don't know, she was pregnant. Um, in the same way, our, our son... Our son, Frederick, his, his name carries a lot of weight. Um, my dad uh, was uh, Fred III, um, and his dad was Fred Jr., and his dad was Fred. And so uh, we wanted to carry on that name um, when we named our son uh, Frederick. And his middle name is Xavier, um, which is the middle name of his other grandpa and is the name of his other great grandpa. And so um, names can be important. And we decided to give our son the name Frederick Xavier Huntington IV, uh, knowing that he wouldn't be some king, but uh, it's a pretty kingly name, isn't it, right? It's a, it's a heavy name, a heavy mantle to carry. Um, Dale, the name Dale, my mom was most likely not high when she named me. Um, but she tells me about how she loves the idea of like beautiful hills and dales. And that's what she thinks about when she named me. Uh, she almost named me Roy, which I would have been pumped with, um, but she wanted to name me Dale because she loved like meadows and hills and stuff. So um, names are important, aren't they? Um, today we're going to be talking about the name above all names. Uh, 
We can invoke all kinds of names. We can say who we know. We can get into a concert because we're friends with someone. We can get into the locker room of of some uh, athletic event because we know someone. We know their name and they know ours. But ultimately, this is the name above all names we're talking about today. And we're going to be today in Exodus 27. If you don't have a Bible, we would love City Life people to be known as people uh, that have Bibles. Like, not just people who show grace, not just people who are kind, not just people who believe in truth, but people who truly believe the Bible. And so if you don't have a big old chunky Bible that you can carry around, we have some in the corner, and we get them at a deep discount, and they're nice, and I use the same one that we want you to use, and we hope that you'll consider picking up a Bible and, uh, and using it. Because when it comes down to it, there's no notifications on this. There's no uh, battery drop, like dropping down suddenly on this. You don't have to find a plug. You just have this, and it's available, and God's word is available to you all the time. Does that mean I'm against you using your phones? No. Use your phones if you got it. But we have these available for you, and we love the word. So let me get to our translation. Uh, Buenos dias. Si necesita escuchar el sermón en español, tenemos dispositivos de traducción para usted al costado de la sala. All right, let's get into it. Exodus 27, uh, we've got one sentence and then we'll do more. Are we ready? Exodus 27? 27. 20. All right, so some of y'all went to Exodus 27. Exodus 27. All right, here we go. Uh, do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Because the Lord will not leave anyone unpunished who misuses his name. On that encouraging note, let me pray for us. (laughs) Father, we thank you for gathering us together this morning. Um, And we thank you for those who are home and who are are nursing illness. And we pray you protect them. And God, while while uh, while I'm thinking about it, God, I do pray for the people of Wuhan, China that you would be blessing them, that you would be watching over them, that you would be keeping them safe, that you would be giving them food, that you'd be providing in ways that are supernatural so that there might be healing, uh, that science might move forward so you would protect them from this virus. And ultimately, God, that that people would uh, come to a saving knowledge of you, even in the midst of this uh, terrible tragedy. We pray you watch over them. God, we thank you that we are here because you loved us. We are here because you sent your son to die for us. We are here because you looked down upon our sin and our shame and you wanted us in your family. It's, it's so good to be welcome in your family. Um, and we thank you. And we ask that this morning you would teach us so that we might honor you with our lives. Would you teach us so that we would see your word as a blessing? Would you teach us so that we would um, understand the honor of what it means to be in your family and to use your name God, would you show us how to respond today to your overwhelming grace? God, I ask that you would comfort those who grieve this morning, those who are struggling this morning with mental illness, those who are struggling um, with addiction. God, we ask that you would be their comfort, that you would be their savior. And would you help us to rejoice with those who celebrate this morning? You are so good to us. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be pleasing to you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So about uh, six years ago, I was in Kansas, um, which is a a cool place to be today, I would think, Um, Kansas and Missouri, knowing that uh, they have a team in the Super Bowl. uh, I knew what that was like in 93, but otherwise, uh, that's it. Um, But I remember being in Kansas, and and many of you know this story, I would get up early in the morning and I would go on runs, and um, 
I, I, I worked my way up to four-mile runs, which even when I was in high school, you guys, I barely finished the mile. And uh, what I found that was so amazing about these runs was not that my calves were so killer, which they were, um, <laughs> but what I found was so amazing is I just stopped. Like, I just had time to think and be quiet. I was so good with filling up my life with everything. If you're talking to me, like, there's a chance, like, certain times in my life where I would be tweeting and watching a game and doing something at the same time because I just like to be that multitasker. And I found myself in this moment just experiencing true silence, true solitude. And it was like God had always been talking to me, but I just wasn't listening. And so on these four-mile runs, when all I could hear was my lungs trying to give out, I could hear God. And, and, and what I felt like God said to me was that he wanted me to go home to San Diego to plant a church. Now, why is this important? Um, why, why does this even matter with what the conversation is about today? Friends, I was so afraid to tell anyone. Be, because I, I examined my motives and I found that I've always wanted to go home and go surfing. I love surfing. It's, it's one of my favorite things in the world. Um, I love San Diego. I love, uh, like, it, it's so funny. We would be, like, on the road, and, and my wife and I would see, like, a truck with, like, some stuff on the back of the truck just a little bit. And I would say, you know what? I miss San Diego, where the truck would go, like, 20 feet in the air with washers. You know what I'm talking about? If you're from San Diego, you know what I'm talking about. It's, like, held on by string, and you're like, oh, that is such a San Diego thing. Um, and, and it's just like, I, I missed so much about this place. And so when I heard God say to me, I want you to go home and plant a church as beautiful as the one you're experiencing now, because I loved my church, I questioned it. And I was like, yo, that could just as easily be me. How do I know this is God's voice? And, and I tell you, friends, it vexed me, and it confused me, and I didn't know even who to talk to about it, because I just didn't know if it was me wanting something. Now, now what ended up happening is I went to other um, godly people that I trust and said, I need to know, do you think this is God speaking, or is this me? And, and if this is even me, is that okay? And ultimately, we came to the conclusion that it was God. Now, how did we know? Well, I think we only know now in retrospect. To be 100% sure that it was God, in retrospect, we know it's him. I, I would say we can feel pretty safe about that. But what we did is I met with the elders of our church, and we fasted, and we got down on our knees, and we prayed, and we asked him, why was I so reticent to just go straight out and say, God told me this? Well, friends, it's because I have, I have felt what it's like to see people who use God's name to do what they want. And it's terrifying. Prophecy is real. Prophecy is from God. But when we use God's name to, to just get our own way, it's sin. And, and as we look at what the Bible says about using God's name, we see that it's like a sin that he doesn't play with, okay? Like he's big on us using his name for his purposes, with his goal in mind, with his words, uh, and, and so I, I just gonna, I'm going to tell you something, and you might get mad at me. Um, I'm just going to tell you this. I hate it about 90% of the time when people say, the Lord told me. Me too, Dale. I, I just do. And, and here's why. And friends, I'm saying 90, so, so you're probably all in the 10 here. <laughs> um, 
But when someone just comes to me right away and just says, the Lord told me this, I'm like, oh, are you sure? Like, did you test it? Did you throw it against scripture? Did you? And a lot of times they did. And so, friends, those are the times where I hope that as a church we say, okay, well, we've looked at Scripture, we've looked at all these things, and we affirm it. And every once in a while, the Lord's going to tell us something so crazy that doesn't fit that maybe no one around you will understand. But we have to be careful when we say the Lord told me, because I think that if we do this wrong, um, God's not going to be happy about it. And let me say this other thing. The other 10% of the time when someone comes to me and says the Lord told me, it is so beautiful It is so good, and it is absolutely from God. So don't listen to this immediately and just hear, every time I hear that, I hate it. No, no, no. I I just want us to be really careful and calculated when we use this, because it's absolutely true that God does this, and we have to affirm it, but we just have to make sure it's from him. Okay, God's name is holy, and it demands respect. His name demands respect. And if we speak his name, we just have to know that we're speaking from his heart. Does that make sense? Okay, so today I'm going to give you three points when using God's name. You know what I love about preaching through the Bible is I preach about things I would never want to preach about because they make me uncomfortable, because I have to challenge you, and because I get challenged by it. And I would much rather always talk about, uh, let's just serve the poor. That's really easy for me. Or let's just worship God, or let's just pray. But sometimes uh, we have to preach something that's uncomfortable, and this one gets me uncomfortable, and it probably makes some of you mad. So let's get straight to our first point, which is God's name is not for empty words. God's name is not for empty words. Now, I'm going to read to you the text again, and I'm going to read it to you in a couple translations. Uh, Exodus 27 says, do not misuse 20 dash seven. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God, because the Lord will not leave anyone unpunished who misuses his name. Now, you guys know that I'm partial to the CSB translation, but I actually think the ESV is a little better for this one. That's the English Standard Version. So I'm going to read you the ESV. It says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, I like the, that, that way because it actually, when I look at the, the, the Hebrew, when I look at the original text, um, it's a little closer to me in an understanding. Do I think the other one's wrong? Not at all. But it helps me to understand it better when I put it in this. Um, so the Hebrew translation here is close to this. Do not render the Lord's name shav. Now, what does shav mean? Basically, it means emptiness. It means vanity. It means falsehood, it means nothingness, it means lying, and it means worthlessness, and worthlessness of like conduct, okay? So there's a a depth to that word shav, isn't there? And, And as I've studied it, it's helped me to understand truly like what God is trying to say here to us, or at least what we're trying to understand of what God is saying. So, so don't use God's name for lies, and don't toss his name around like it's nothing, which, friends, we do all the time. But God's name is holy, and, demand, and he demands respect. And if we speak his name, we should speak it from his heart. So let me talk to you this, about this word shav again. It's this, this idea um, of vain uh, repetition. Jesus tells the story of, uh, of the super religious dudes who love to get on the corner and just talk God's name up, like in these long prayers, looking awesome in front of everybody, just, oh, Lord, 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 look, you're so good. And, and meanwhile, he's like, hey, man, just keep your prayers short and just be real about it, all right? Like, quit faking out on the street corner. He's saying, be real about it. Um, and so, that's not in my notes. Hopefully, I got that totally right. Um, but here, here's the thing. 
Um, it doesn't matter how many times you repeat God's name. It doesn't matter how many times you repeat God's name if you do it wrong, right? There's no, if you do something wrong over and over again, it's still not right. So in the same way, um, we, we have to remember that if we do this, it doesn't honor God. And, and God's name is not some incantation. Now, I believe that there's times when we've been under like spiritual attack in our home. Well, I will say God's name like, like nobody's business, but I will say it with intent and I will say it with belief that God can change things and that God can protect our family and God can protect our home. But this is not talking about that. This is talking about doing it over and over again but without meaning. Now, I had to work in a Kobe Bryant quote today, um, and so I want to give you a Kobe Bryant quote, and then we'll see, you know, maybe when I listen to it in a year, did that actually fit, or was he trying to fit in a Kobe Bryant quote? Here's what it is. This is uh, Kobe Bryant. He says, it's not about the number of hours you practice. It's about the number of hours your mind is present during the practice. So if we could just apply this to prayer, it's not about how long you pray. It's not about how many times you repeat God's name. It's about how you do it, what your intent is, and where your heart's at when you do that. So when most of us hear using God's name in vain, I think that we probably all go straight to cursing, right? Like like when you think using God's name in vain, you see it as a curse word, right? Now, when I'm on the block, people apologize to me for cursing all the dang time. Sorry, pastor. Sorry, pastor. But he's just a sorry, pastor. I'm so sick of his sorry, pastor. I don't care, like, when they do that around me. A lot of those people are not saved, and I'm just there to be present with them. But I will tell you that when someone uses my God's name in vain, when someone says GD in front of me, um, and, oh, let me just say, I don't curse, <laughs> by the way. But when someone says GD in front of me, that really bugs me, okay? That really bothers me because they're taking my God's name and they're making it simple. They're making it useless. They're making it worthless. They're, they're using it for vanity. Now, as a new believer, let me just tell you this. Like everything I did was informed by the Bible. I'd go to church and I would, be like, and I would see people doing stuff and I was like, where's that in the Bible? Like you got to show me, because if I'm going to really believe this stuff, it's, I'm going to go by the book. Um, and so there'd be times people have their hands up, and I'm like, that's weird. Why are you guys putting your hands up? What are you doing that for? And people would be like, hey, hey, um, why are you getting drunk? And I'd be like, I don't know. Show me in the Bible where it says not to get drunk. And then they would. I'd be like, okay, all right, cool, we're good. Um, but like, ultimately, like you need to know where something is in the Bible. And so for me, I was saying GD all the time, even though I was a believer, because I just didn't know. And then someone took me to the Bible and they said, hey man, that may not be honoring God. And so I just started saying God all the time. God, you know, you know what I'm talking about? That, um, now, now, I'm sure many of us think that using the Lord's name in vain is just not using that D word, right? Um, it's like if you turn on the TV, they're not allowed to say it. I think that you're still not allowed to say it. But if the original Hebrew is telling you not to render God's name as common, or useless, I think we need to use it less in general and not toss it around. Uh, let me say it this way. This probably means OMG. That might be like a little sketchy. I'm not telling you if you use OMG around me, I'm going to be mad at you, but I'm just telling you to look inside and see if it's rendering God's name common. Uh, it might mean, oh God. It might mean, God. It might mean Jesus. It might mean Jesus Christ. Those things, when used, make them normative, make them uh, take away the power of the words of the name of God. Now, what's the big deal, pastor? It's just a slip of the tongue. 
Now, let me just tell you, like for many people, this is an accident that happens to you uh, 12 times a day. I've heard someone who says, God dang, all the time. Like, but, but what if it's just making the word useless? And, and if it is making the word useless, um, let me just read to you a little verse about it, okay? Leviticus 24, 16. I'm going to repeat that so you can write it down. Check my work. Leviticus, you can just write Levi, 24, 16. Here it comes. Whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord must be put to death. The whole community is to stone him. If he blasphemes the name, he is to be put to death, whether the resident alien or the native. Now this is, yo, like if you guys like pick up some rocks like a little bit later, we're going to have a problem. But what I want you to understand is that God takes his name very seriously. Um, And what sounds like a simple slip of the tongue is serious business to God. Because God's name is holy and demands respect. If we speak his name, we need to speak from his heart. Now, I have a quick note. There are uh, cults in our city that say you are blaspheming God's name when you use the name Jesus. They say you need to use the Hebrew, Yeshua. Um, I just want to say that's really silly. (laughs) Um, My Mexican friends might uh, might want me to call them Moses, um, but their name is also Moises, right? Um, in the same way, I had a Jewish friend named Shahar, and he told everyone to call him Shaq because he was sick of people getting it wrong. Um, <laughs> it was just easier for Americans to pronounce. But friends, like ultimately, if I call him Shahar or I call him Shaq, he was going to respond because it was uh, my heart that mattered. Friends, this is all about the state of your heart. Are you disrespecting God with your words? That's a problem. Are you trying your best to honor and glorify him when you say his name? Friends, that's not the problem, okay? So don't get this as like, oh, we're going to stone you if you use God's name wrongly. This is not what we're talking about. We're saying, let's try our best to have the right heart. I have friends to this day that have known me for like at least a decade. Still call me Del. D-E-L-L. I'm named after a hill in a dale, okay? All right? By my mom, who was not high. It, it doesn't bother me, though, when a friend calls me Dell. Why? Because they love me. And uh, they might have a, a speech impediment, or they might just call me Dell because that's the way they hear it. And I'm fine if you call me Dell. Um, my name is Dale, but if you call me Dell, I'm not going to be mad. And if my kids were drowning, and they called Dell, save me, instead of Dale, well, my love is much bigger than that, isn't it? I would never wait by the water and say, I'll, I'll save you when you get my name right. No, of course, I'm going to jump in and save my kids. Now, they probably shouldn't call me Dell, should they? They should call me Dad or Father or Papa or any of those things. But ultimately, I care about their heart, and I care about them being safe. And in the same way, that's the way God cares about you. So you're going to get this wrong, friends. You're going to get this wrong. But by the grace of Jesus, God loves us and is a good dad who wants to see us walk with him, which means he's going to forgive these things, okay, if you seek him and repent. But if my kids want me to help them clean their room and they call me a name that I don't like, well, I'm just not going to go help them. That's just the way it is. So this brings us to our next point about using God's name. And that's our second point. God's name is not for empty religion. God's name is not for empty religion. We cannot make him say whatever we want without repercussions. Now, uh, when I first had this point, I thought it looked better this way, but I was like, God's not your puppet. Because sometimes we do like to use God's name for whatever we want. And that's just not the way the word works. That's not the way God works. 
Now I'm going to go back to uh, Leviticus 19, 12. Leviticus 19, 12. Do not swear falsely by my name and so profane the name of your God. He's pretty clear here, right? Don't attach anything to God that is not of him or you will be judged harsher. Now, I love this story. You, you guys, I mean, if you have been with our church for like four and a half years, you've probably heard me say this story like 10 times because I love it. It's so funny. Okay, Acts 19, 13 through 16. Acts 19, 13 through 16. This is a perfect example of someone using God's name without the right heart. Acts 19, 13 through 16. Now, some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists also attempted to pronounce the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I command you by the Jesus that Paul preaches. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish high priest, were doing this. The evil spirit answered them, I know Jesus, and I recognize Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all, and prevailed against them so that they ran out of that house naked and wounded. I love that story. You guys don't love that story? Come on, it's a great story, right? Like someone tried to front and say that they were friends with Jesus. Someone tried to say they knew who Paul was and they just heard of Paul and they just tried to invoke his name without his heart, without his Holy Spirit. They just wanted to go, hey, I command you. But here's the thing. When you yield like a a knife or something and you do it wrong, like you're gonna get cut up. It's still sharp, but you're gonna get cut by it. But, like, actually, I just read this morning that, like, people are cutting avocados with, like, butcher knives, and this is, like, the day that all these people get injured by, okay, staying with me. If you yield the sword of God in the wrong way, you are going to get cut. But here, what we're saying is, is using the name of Jesus rightly is a good thing, but using the name of Jesus wrong, man, you could get hurt yourself. So, friends, I see God all over our Instagram all the time and all over our Facebook, all over Twitter. And I just want you to know, I love it. I love seeing you give glory to God on your Instagram, uh, Twitter. I don't know. I don't see TikTok or whatever the other ones are. Snapchat. I don't see those. I'm too old, I guess. Um, But I love seeing them all over those things. But I often see some of us as well promoting sin on the same page. Like a minute later. Like, I don't know how much you drink, but when I see, like, you know when, like, on Instagram, it has those, like, dots in between, and it's like, this drink, this drink, this drink, this drink, this drink, praise Jesus on the next one. I'm like, it just looks a little weird. It looks like we're misrepresenting him to say that sin is okay. And I don't know, maybe you're just taking one sip every time. That's okay. But I will say that we are representing him, and we represent his name, and we represent his goodness. And friends, if you struggle with alcoholism, I'm not here to call you out. We all have sins. We all have struggles. But when we parade out God's name, we have to be careful that we make an, honor, uh, uh, make an effort to honor him everywhere in our lives. Um, this means uh, getting drunk, promoting sexual content, defames God's name. Does this mean that if you mess up, you should stop talking about God? No. But maybe we should consider ways we can honor him with our life better. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't represent God because you might sin. Let me say this. You will sin no matter how hard you try. And our belief is that you are justified, which means you are seen right in God's eyes, but you're going to be working towards holiness the rest of your life. That is what our belief is here at this church. We call that sanctification, the process of sanctification. And it's a process, friends. And I tell you, if that's not true, then probably none of us are saved, okay? So I'm going to stick with the process based on what I see in Scripture. 
So you are allowed to be in process, friends. Now, the funny thing is, is though, a lot of times we'll put stuff about God or we'll put stuff about drinking. And when we're challenged on putting those things about drinking, we're like, cool, I'll take down the God stuff. I'm like, what? <laughs> let's, let's talk about this instead. Let's talk about honoring God with everything in us. And, and I, once again, I will say, I'm not mad at you if you drink even, if you drink responsibly. But I'm saying the way we represent God, we have to be careful. Make an effort. Don't give up. We need to be in prayer. We need to ask God where he wants us to grow. Friends, it's funny how we would rather give up on God than our sin at times. Now, I once had a friend on the block. He, he, I asked him the question. I said, you're not in church. I would love to know why you've chosen the gang life over church. And, and the thing he told me was pretty profound and wise in many ways. Um, I think wrong, but, but wise. He said um, he was tired of do, living both lives. And he was tired of doing God dirty, is what he said. I just couldn't do God dirty anymore. But friends, I tell you, I wish he stayed in the church. And I wish he continued to make an effort to grow toward God and learn from God's heart for him, even as he struggled. He would be in a better place today if he struck, stuck it out, even in his struggles. You are allowed to be in process. If you represent God, you are allowed to be in process. Because Jesus forgives you and let us be called to repentance and let us get it wrong and know that we have a good God who loves us and let's continue to seek to represent his name well, knowing everyone in this room is going to fail him. So if you walk out and you're like, well, I just got to try harder, it, it may not work. And so what we have to do is we have to seek him. We have to allow him to tear down all these, all these bad things in our life and allow him to fill us with his Holy Spirit and allow him to do the work instead of us just trying harder. So the only way we can find this to work, though, is if we seek him and if we allow him to do it. Now, I honestly think the biggest concern God has in this passage is those who would speak and hope to use his authority for evil or personal gain. I actually believe this is the core of what God's talking about. Why is that? Because I have a biblical uh, idea of theology where you look over all the Bible and you'll see oppression, you'll see people who take advantage of others, and God always gets mad at them. Why are you representing me when you're hurting people? Why are you representing me when you're doing this? Why are you representing me? So God cares about his name and he cares about our actions. People have loved to use the name of God to oppress, to take advantage, and to lie to people. Anywhere else, we would just call that fraud. When I was a kid, I knew all about fraud. Once again, I was a Christian at 16, which means I had 16 years to, 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 to not be a Christian. And I was so good at that, friends. Uh, I was so good at forging my parents' signature. I knew how to do the Fred Huntington the third uh, thing perfectly, okay? And I was full of sin. I'm not promoting this. Um, I had this, I, I like wrote up a letter to make sure that the school uh, would call the internet phone at our house. Did you guys have the internet phone? A lot of little younger kids don't know about that, but the internet phone, the, 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 the phone line we would use to, to get on AOL. And so I... <laughs> Whenever, whenever like the school called to say that your son Dell was absent, then I would make sure that the call went into the internet phone and I would take that. I say, thank you very much. I would try my best. I have a very high voice, but I would try my best to say, thank you. I'll have a talk with him. I dishonored my parents. I committed fraud. I used their name wrong. But when I became a believer, I apologized to so many people and I had to apologize to my own parents for misusing their name. Now, friends, how does it feel to have your signature forged? To spend your whole life saving so you, your whole life saving so you can finally buy a car, 
so you can send your kids to college, so you can buy a house, only to find out that you cannot get the house because you have $50,000 worth of unpaid bills spent on Versace purses that you never purchased. How does that feel? How would it feel to know some lady, or I don't know, maybe some dude, spent your name and money on heels, making it to where you can't get the things that you've saved for? It feels terrible to have someone use your name, doesn't it? It feels awful to have someone misrepresent you. And God, who is perfect and holy, has his name used for all kinds of shenanigans all the time. It's theft, it's misappropriation, and it's evil. So why are we cool putting God's name on something that was never his in the first place? Why do we think it's okay? Now, Pastor Tony Evans, he says it this way. If you sign someone else's name on a document in order to obtain something, you have illegally used that individual's name, their identity. So if you say, God told me to do this, you better be sure he did. Otherwise, you're forging God's name to drive your own agenda. Most people are zealous to protect their reputation. Imagine how the righteous God of the universe feels about the way his name is used. Whew, that's good, right? Now I'm going to give you three verses because I, I like the Bible and I want the Bible to interpret the Bible now. So if you, if you want to write them down, you write them down. Let me give you some more. Matthew 7, 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. These are people who would use the name of God for their own gain. 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen through 15. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. So friends, when we abuse people, when we use God's word, like it's not like we're not going to get caught. Deuteronomy eighteen twenty. But the prophet who presumes to speak a message in my name that I have not commanded him to speak or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet must die. Yo, Super Bowl Sunday, wanted to give you something encouraging to work with. This is what it is. Because friends, God's name is holy and demands respect. If we speak his name, we must speak from his heart. So when you hear, put some respect on it. All right. So when you hear God speaking to you, I tell you, test it against scripture. Make sure it's, it's of him. Ask wise people in your life if this is truly from God. And also, maybe even fast about it. If this is a big decision, if this is important, maybe spend some time without food and some time in prayer, knowing that you don't have to rely upon food for your life. You need to rely upon God. So if you are not 100% sure, it's okay to say this. I think God might be telling me. I spent some time in Dallas with a church. Can I say their name? I'm gonna, with some people from Gateway Church. And uh, the first day I spent with them, I was like, these people are wacko, okay? Because they were like always telling me things God was saying. And then like by the end of the week, I was like, give me some more. I love this. Come on, tell me. But the way that they talked to me is they would say, I have an impression and I'm not sure if this is from God. Like, so, so it's like people would come to me and say, I don't know if this is because I saw Black Panther last night or because I'm feeling this way. I want to tell you this. I don't know if it's because I had some bad pizza last night or if I feel this way from God. They would just say, they would say, I think this might be from God, which is awesome, you guys, because then if you feel that it might be from God, then you don't always have to like spend all your time in your study fasting for two weeks, hoping it might be God, but you can say, I'm not sure, but does this resonate with you? And, and usually these are meant to be encouraging messages to people. 
So when you hear God speaking, test it against Scripture, and then be okay to say, I think this might be God, but I'm not sure. Um, and, and, and why is this important? Because when you say God told you that someone is free of cancer and they'll never get cancer again, and then they get it like a year later, what do they think about God now? What do they think about God? Well, they think he either, A, you're a liar or God is. And I, if you're not sure, then it's defaming the name of God. Encouraging message for Super Bowl Sunday. Okay, now when you tell someone God told you, yeah, okay, I'm going to stick off that. Okay, so God is serious about using his name. Let us be serious as well, friends. Okay, so we know we don't toss God's name around like some curse, and we know we don't use his name just for our purposes, but for his. However, we do use God's name for good. And our final point on this is um, God's name is for blessing. God's name is for blessing. And, and it, it is the greatest name under the sun, friends. And we have all kinds of beautiful names that we call God. We call him uh, the provider. We call him uh, Seboeth, which is like the, the, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of angel armies. We call him all these great names. Yahweh. Yahweh is the coolest name. It means I am. Always was, always will be, I am. Like it's such a cool name. No wonder Popeye stole it, right? This is an amazing name to use for God, and it is used for the blessing and building up of God's church. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says this. 2 Corinthians 5.20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Friends, God uses us to speak truth to others in kindness. John 13.34-35. I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. So to follow God is to love each other and to show that to the world, to show kindness to each other and to show it to the world. That will never defame God's name, okay? When you show kindness and love to each other, that will not defame God's name. What Jesus says here is it's how people will know him because God's name is holy and demands respect. If we speak his name, we should speak from his heart and God's heart is to reconcile himself to others and others to each other. So friends, whether you like it or not, you represent God to others and to each other. And people are watching the way you respond to each other. They're watching the way that we speak about others that are made in God's image. Now, uh, here's another sports quote, and I'm not huge on the guy, but I'm, uh, this is where it originated from. So you guys know who Joe Paterno is. And he was the first one to coin the idea that it's the name on the front of the jersey that matters most, not the one on the back. And I feel in many ways, sometimes, um, you know, we put our city life sticker in front, or we put ourselves in front, and we want to represent us, or we want to represent city life. And ultimately, we want to represent God. And if we represent God's name, then that means we want to see the churches down the road flourish. We want to see every church on the street flourish. And you might say to me, but pastor, their theology is bad. Then we should be praying that their theology is corrected by God and that they speak truth in love. So, that means the way we disagree with people represents God's name. The way we care for people represents God's name. The way we spend money, the way we vote, the way we care for the hurting, the defenseless, represent God's name. When you show compassion to the unborn, the immigrant, and the disenfranchised, you give honor and glory to God. Colossians 3.17 says, 
And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. City life, God's name is holy and demands respect. If we speak his name, we should speak from his heart. I'm going to close with this, friends. After all that, I'm sure there's a few of you that are wondering, is this really important enough to do a whole sermon about? And I kind of think that if God just like spoke it, like, yeah, I think so. Anything that, that comes out of God's mouth, I'm going to say it's important enough for us to talk about here. Um, and so let me, let me show you just a few reasons why it's so very important, friends. The name of God is so very important. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. I'm throwing a lot of scripture at you guys today. It's compensating for the little tiny message. Okay, Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Adopt the same attitude of that of Jesus Christ who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. And so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We call upon his name and it is only his name that has the ability to save us. We can't call anybody else to save us. It is only Jesus. And when we seek him, we will find him. How do we know this? Because we know that the gospel is good and that Jesus willingly left the comforts of heaven to come to this earth so we might have life and life abundant. He sacrificed himself. We needed something to fix our chasm between us and God, and yet Jesus laid down his life so he might be the bridge to God. And he died on the cross because he loved you. And he rose again because he wanted to show the, I don't know why, he rose again and he showed that he conquered our sin and he conquered our death. Why do we repeat this every day and week is because this is so important. And if we do church and we tell you to be better, but we don't tell you that he was better for you so that you might repent and find yourself in fellowship with God, then we miss it because you can't be better without him. You can't. No matter how hard you try, um, you may look better, but your motives aren't. You may look better, but people around you will know the truth. This is about you. But friends, it's about him. And it's about his name. And his name is so good. And so I say to you, City Life Church, call upon his name. If you are finding yourself drowning, call upon his name. If you are in abuse, call upon his name. If you are in addiction, call upon his name. If you have trouble with the law, call upon his name. He is the only name that you can call upon and find true hope. Acts 4, 11 through 12 says this. This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. God's name is holy and demands respect. If we speak his name, we should speak from his heart. Let us show love and kindness today in Jesus' name, in the power of his Holy Spirit, knowing that his name is the only name under the sun that we can call upon for salvation. Friends, will you pray with me? God, it's so good to know that you love us Lord, we are a room full of screw-ups 
who have sought our own way, who have wanted to do things our way, and who have probably used your name in vain so many times. And yet you don't look at us like these evil, awful people, those of us who have confessed our faith in you and repented of our sin. God, we thank you that you are willing to look at us and see the righteousness of your son. We don't deserve that. And so God, in the moment of silence, we are going to present to you In the quietness of our heart, we're going to present you our sins, knowing that you take them. Lord, I just sense that there are some people who are are still holding on to some sins that feel like you are just not... Uh, merciful enough to actually take those. God, I pray that you would open their hands and take those sins from them today. That they would be willing to finally give you those sins that have dogged them their whole life. God, would you take them from them? Would you remind them how much you love them and that you present them spotless? God, thank you as far as the east is from the west, so is our sin from your sight. We are so grateful for this kind of supernatural, amazing forgiveness. God, we ask that we respond correctly. We respond by loving others and and that by the power of your Holy Spirit, um, we would change. We would change so that we show love to others. We would change so that we show love to our enemies. We would change so that we are able to do the things that we couldn't do without your help. God, thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for loving us. And thank you for giving us the most beautiful name under the sun. We love you, Lord Jesus. And it is that name we pray. Amen.